Welcome to East Coast DNA. This is Darcy and I'm Andrew. We're brothers from Nova Scotia and this podcast is covering East Coast musicians originally starting to be the re-emergence of live music since COVID started. Now, since COVID restrictions were lifting, I guess. Yes. And uh, it's wide open. It's wide open. Uh, yeah. Last week we had a super episode with nominees for Rock Performance of the Year. Correct. That's what it was. Recording. Rock Recording of the Year. Same difference at this point. Yeah, I think it's the same. Um, and we released a two-hour episode. This week we're cutting it up and we're going Monday to Friday. So what's the theme this week, Darcy? Originally we were reaching out to uh, entertainers of the year, but... Uh, couple things one we quickly realized that uh, as we were gathering notes for some of the interviews that most of the entertainers of the year in other categories as well mm-hmm. which uh, made it a little interesting and on top of that the uh, hurricane fiona that ripped through the east coast and just destroyed everything when was that was that recent yeah it was uh maybe you were sleeping yeah i think I that, was, that was when i was doing interviews and then I woke you up right when the power came back on. When, I was when did just the hurricane the last happen? Couple. While you were sleeping. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that kind of put a little bit of a pause on some of the little free of interviews that I, I was doing for the piece. But uh, we do have another set of five. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you and I had discussed, we figured uh, instead of releasing another two-hour episode, maybe this one would break up a little bit. And with everybody... Uh, doing cleanup or resting and recovering a little bit from all of the cleanup and devastation that happened in the region we thought maybe it might be a little bit of a distraction for people some extra entertainment content mm-hmm. you know that's when i listen to podcasts the most as if i'm out cleaning brush or burning or yep. doing doing laundry dishes yeah. All, all of the fun stuff that everyone fell behind on when they had no power for the better part or more than a week in some cases. Yeah, so I've got friends that still have no power and they don't think it's coming back till Tuesday. So they'll be... Okay. It's almost 10 days now. So they're going to be like yeah. almost two weeks before they get power back. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. That would stink. And for our Thursday episode, we have Adam Warren, a.k.a. Wants. So, um... You were up for, well, Entertainer of the Year is what I reached out mm-hmm. to you for because I was kind of going through the list. But, yeah, that uh, and what, Electronic Artist of the Year yeah, and Songwriter of the Year. Yeah, you had quite a few there this year. And Yeah, I was very surprised. <laughs> yeah, so when I when I first met you almost a year ago, I guess I mm-hmm. walked up to you at the Seahorse or something, I think. But... uh I was aware of you through Gavin. Of um, well, yeah, actually, I have. Your, your oh, record. zombies! Look at that. Yeah, it's got a horrible little note on there from Gavin for me. I asked for a signature, and he wrote a little sentence right across the cover for me. So, of course, it's a personal story. So I'll just leave that one aside. It's not podcast <laughs> material. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get your signature on there at some point. I just I, that's not something I carry around too often. That's so cool. Do you have that record? That's awesome. Well, yeah, and I do have your CD from when you were here. Oh, nice. At, uh, well, the commune at the time, I guess. That was. So did that place close? Uh, the, commune? the commune is basically 
Derek took the name with him and is looking at doing something else with it. Uh, and okay. Shoebox, <laughs> that was the studio above, has opened Shoebox Cantina where the commune was. So there's essentially the still, it's the same venue, essentially. Mm -hmm. But I believe that the commune's going to resurface at some point in the future. Oh, Just cool. Not sure. Just I had a lot sure of fun is, performing so. there. They were like, they treated me very well. That was a great yeah. Thing. Well, Pictor County's always been pretty supportive of local artists, but I think the commune was good because it was bringing in some of the people from the city and some different mm -hmm. names and lots of different since, stuff too. Yeah. And a few different people that for further outside the province and stuff have stopped through and stuff. So it's kind of mm -hmm. cool. We don't always have <laughs> the biggest turnout because of the population size and things like COVID and of course. Well, I think at that time yeah. it was still capped, like you had to be seated at your table. And yeah, like, exactly. There's still quite a few restrictions in place. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential there in the future. And we have a few other venues down along. We talked about that on the podcast a couple of times too. Like the spot is just a couple doors down. Glasgow okay. Square. <clears throat> Glasgow Square is most known probably for the Jubilee around the province, mm -hmm. but they host smaller shows indoors. And they had a series yeah. earlier this year. It was like a little green room series out in the back. And they had a few. Uh, Matt Steele was there. You uh, okay? Actually... Doing like acoustic kind of stuff. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He. Um. We did a song together last summer. He sent me. Yeah. A track to add bass and drums to, and I'm just so pleased with how well it's been doing. Like it got so well received this summer. Yeah. I. Uh, I bought Very that on Bandcamp. I'm. A, I'm a oh, Matt nice. Steele fan as well. Um, and then <laughs> I, I had the remix. But the instrumental. That you had uh, for that song that you did with them. Mm -hmm. I can't listen to that without the lyrics on it. Oh, it's, funny. I don't know what it is. There's something about like the frequency or something in it. I get Oh, really? Like it's grating or something? No, not grating even. It's not that because I probably would uh, keep that from you because it's a little offensive. But it, there's something like I get like anxiety or something listening to it. Oh, hilarious. Without any lyrics. I don't, maybe it's because I, I knew the full version first mm -hmm. and I'm waiting for the lyrics to drop in or something. Yeah, I'm it's sure. just like unsettling or something. Yeah. I exactly. thought that was interesting that he released the instrumental. I've seen people do that. Usually that's like more of like a producer y thing, right? People will drop a track or yeah. like paper kind of thing. Um, but I'm assuming it was maybe something to do with streaming, like trying to just like game it a little bit yeah i'm not I sure but I, I know matt from when he was on the podcast and he seemed he seems to like little things like that anyway as, mm -hmm. a, as a fan same way that the podcast was created like when you're a fan of something i'm sure yourself as a musician where you're a fan of other musicians I'm a fan of a lot of people yeah know. it kind of resonates in what you're doing too Absolutely. but that actually was one thing i did want to ask you too What's um that? With the Wants album that I bought, mm -hmm. you had a lot of different guest artists on there, collaborators on that album. Mm -hmm. And then now going into this year, you have, like your sound specifically works with a lot of different artists, but your new album, like or your new singles that you've had out this year are with different artists and have a different sound altogether. Like you're, you keep, evolving the sound a little bit is that yeah i can't kind of sit still with it unfortunately <laughs> or yeah. fortunately depend like i think uh yeah that's it's by design like it's part of the project is to be yeah. like you know which i think is why i kind of fall into a category like electronic music sure because um, it's all sort of computer you know 
DJ related kind of stuff, right? Whether it's hip hop or pop or even like kind of quirky indie pop. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I have a lot of interest as a music listener and I seem to like not really understand genre boundaries very well. Uh, A lot of the Halifax bands, well, probably a lot of people in your circle are, seem to be in that same position. It doesn't seem like Nova Scotia is really following any genre rules. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's great. part of like the music industry now anyways, too. Mm-hmm. Like, especially I've seen in um, sort of like the, not even emerging, but like people who are kind of blowing up, but they're newer uh, yes. pop world. They kind of, you can get away with doing anything. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. There's a lot of like, mixes and it's very, very fluid. You, you wouldn't yeah. really put your top chart hits as one, even myself, I gravitate uh, towards a lot of the alternative rock. Gotcha. And it probably comes from listening to a lot of indie rock growing up, right? Because yep, Halifax always had a vibrant scene, so there was a lot of stuff to influence you as a teenager. But like the Edge radio station used to always have a top 30 that would be on every week. But back in the day when I started listening to that stuff, it was because that station would play Rage Against Machine or Tool or something. And that's, yeah, of course. That's what that, uh, it was even a throwback at the time because it was a few years old. But I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm not used to hearing that on the radio. But nowadays, I still listen to all that alternative radio can rock stuff, but it's very, very fluid. Like, a punk band's not necessarily like a hardcore punk band. There's pop punk bands. And totally, yeah. That Then there's still hardcore bands that have singles that are coming out that are radio friendly enough that they're making the same chart. So mm-hmm. everyone's all fluid and the Halifax scene reflects it. And you have actually probably, like I said, I know you from glory, glory originally. Mm-hmm. So when would that have been early two thousands or I mean, yeah, the, that band started, uh, I mean, officially like 2006 Okay. And then kind of started jamming like the end of 2005 or something. So did you get into kind of the producing and stuff because of doing the remixes? The producing thing was kind of just, um, it came out of necessity, like doing our first sort of demo tapes and even our, like, I guess our first real record, John Epworth produced. I don't know if you remember John Epworth, but the name, um, but prior to working with him, um, I produced a demo with someone that we worked with. Like he had a recording studio in Bedford. And so he offered to record us for like a very, like unbelievably cheap amount of money. So we scraped the, which was required cause we were all dirt poor, like teaching music full time. Um, and so I kind of like, I'd written the songs. I sort of was the, uh, the band leader. And especially at that time, like I was probably pretty terrible about that stuff. Like, not necessarily my way or the highway, but like just very like annoyingly like sure of what I wanted. Yeah. Um, but you know, Brian and Gavin were extremely accommodating and uh, great to work with, and so they sort of let me sort of like lead the the way on the recording side, and then that sort of pushed me further into that role. Um, yeah, it was just the band basically. Like making those records, I ended up being the producer. And so, aside from going off and doing stuff on your own after that band kind of dissolved mm-hmm. the other like gavin does his own stuff that we've talked about on the podcast before too but who who else was in the band uh ryan brown and is the drummer is he 
and he's got another project himself too, right? He does. Yeah. He's, and actually we still work together and I still work on music with Gavin. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't super recently, but last year we were working on a couple songs. Um, but Ryan's got his project called Sunnyside Uppers. Yes, that's it. So he had a bit of success with a song we did uh, a couple years ago. He got it on Radio 3, which is awesome. The song called Mary, uh, which is a really fun track. But yeah, they're still they're still working at it, still doing music. And then when you went off, did you become Wants right away after the band? After Not really. Like it was, <clears throat> I had a long fallow period in my basement, kind of like hiding out is what yeah. it felt like. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty broken. Like, you know, it was ultimately kind of my decision to shut the band down. And mm-hmm. you know, the guys kind of got it because we'd been at it a long time. And I think we all kind of saw the, the writing on the wall in the sense of, you know, if, if you're 10 years in and <clears throat> you haven't reached a certain milestone, you're probably not going to reach it. Just yeah. how the music industry works, right? Like you, you kind of, you have to be new uh, for people to want to sort of push you a bit further. It seems like. So did you end up uh, like all the people that you've been collaborating with on your own recordings? Did that come from you producing stuff from other people or did you end up producing other people after you collaborated with people? Well, it's sort of both. Like I yeah. started working with, um, at the, the very first like official production job I had was working with, um, oh my God, my brain does not work. Um, oh, they're not really an active band right now. Um, this is embarrassing. pretty normal there we go there you go okay yeah so they hired me and we did a three song ep and then i also did like a bonus single later on after that but that was like my first time working with another band like actually as sort of like the objective like producer Mm -hmm. um and i i recorded and mixed that record for them and then uh sunday girl was sort of the next like okay actual gig as a producer but then while that stuff was happening, I was making these electronic tracks. And <clears throat> at first I was singing everything and writing stuff. But, um, you know, as I sort of realized what I was doing, like the, the way the project was taking shape, I was like, oh, I should really start trying to find some other voices to get on here. Um, especially because like singing has never been my, my strongest suit as a musician. I feel like <clears throat> I love songwriting. I love, I love playing, but like this, getting on the microphone is always the hardest for me. Is that the reason for the auto tune or like, another, Oh, that's a, yeah. Like, or I, is that a tool? Cause I, I, from kind of diving into when I met you and looking at your music and then seeing some of the other artists that was doing stuff similar and, and like, especially doing this podcast, there's a few people that are using that, but it, it, it to me it, at this point, it's like using a distortion pedal on your guitar. Like yeah, you're, you're basically, just, you're, you're playing with a tool to kind of tweak your sound a little bit. Totally. And like for live, I think now at this point, I, I pretty much use it almost all the time. Yeah. Um, with the exception of like one or two songs that where it doesn't seem to fit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's just not how they were conceived. But like initially it was just, yeah, it was a production choice. Um, the guy that mixed the record, I had put auto tune on a lead vocal just for the demo. Mm-hmm. Oh, this sounds so cool. And it, it definitely like is a current or was a current in sort of the indie pop world at that time. Like people were getting more and more into auto tune. So I was like, For well, sure. it's, it's kind of a cool thing too. This guy thinks it sounds good. <clears throat> and it definitely, um, oops, I lost the screen. It definitely just like 
for me, it allows me to just like focus on the performance aspect when I'm like doing live stuff. I'm not like, Oh, I have to sing perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll just like have a sound. Yeah. Know? And now the, like you said, looking for other voices, like uh, I'm aware of keeper E and mm-hmm. we, we've referenced her probably in the earlier episodes of the podcast, but uh, we never did have her on yet. Oh, so, okay. um, Got a chat I, with Adele. She's I, great. I know the backstory there a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've known Adele for a long time. Um, you know, I was her drum and guitar teacher when she was in her teens and I was a younger man. Mm-hmm. Um, but she approached me when she was graduating cause she was writing an album basically. Um, she's graduating from a music program at Mount A and she was asking just for advice about recording studios. Mm-hmm. And when she told me the artist that she was like really excited about and like kind of like who she was sort of aiming not to, to mimic because it's not like that but who's yeah. inspiring her sure. it was like maggie rogers and like sylvan so and all this stuff i'm like you don't need a recording studio you need logic yeah and just try to do it yourself just see what happens you know what i mean and she did that and i ended up mixing that record for her and doing a bit of production on it but just like kind of helping out after it was basically done mm-hmm. that's cool and that's when she jumped on a bunch of my songs. Like that's, she okay. helped me write, uh, she helped me, yeah, finish back to the beginning, that song from the last record that she's on. And Gavin did the video for that one, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, he has done, except for the very most recent video, like he's, he had done all of my music videos so far. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I knew, I knew the majority of them anyway, but uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, better off. I got Joel Jenix, a local, like he does a lot of hip hop stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just like wanted to try it out. Um, but I think Gavin and I are going to work on something again soon. We've been talking about it. That'd be nice um, to see. Yeah. I love working with him. And now like the other album besides having Adele on it, you had, uh, sorry. Is that Emily? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And then the new stuff, like you just mentioned, you, you have more, it's hip hop now. Like well, the music, so- the music behind it isn't different necessarily, but all the vocals are hip hop vocals now. Yeah. So the, the records like, or the record, it's like a mixtape. It's, yeah. it's whatever. I keep calling it a mix CD to be funny because like we made CDs. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's sort of a progression. Like, you know, the first, I think four songs on there are like actual, like, hip-hop tracks are like my version of a hip-hop track sure yeah um so there's definitely like pop elements and more electro elements um and those are with kai and johan and how did you meet up with them like i i saw them around last year at music week and i saw you there but i assume you guys were already collaborating at that point because it was just november yeah well they they performed with me last year at music oh yes i guess yeah Um, i did see them on stage so like yeah we were we were already linked up but basically i just i you know a big part of this project is kind of like keeping an eye on what's going on locally um and beyond locally but like obviously the local folks are kind of easier to reach yeah um, and trying to make songs with people like that last record was such a struggle to get through um, making most of those songs on my own like completely especially like leaving the band um i just i had sort of a massive crisis of confidence for a while there and so it was very challenging to finish anything and then so with as i'm making new stuff like i don't want to go down that road again <laughs> so yeah, i'm very sure. conscious of like like if I have a pretty cool instrumental and I'm not 
uh, immediately inspired to put a vocal on it. I just kind of set it aside and then I'll think about, you know, who could, like, who could help me finish this basically. That's, that's cool. So being that you do that, I imagine you have a little back catalog of stuff that you can go and pick oh, yeah. if you're looking for inspiration. So yep. do you have anything coming up or there's probably, probably nobody you could really announce if you don't have anything finalized, uh, yeah. but do you have anything as far as plans to release anything in the, in the fall maybe? Totally. Yeah. So my, this mixtape drops October 19th. Okay. So, perfect. Yeah. A couple of weeks. Um, so I'm trying to get a video together for the leads or like not the lead single, I guess the lead single was adding up, but the, the focus track for the actual release. And that's a song with Keeper E again. Awesome. Yeah. She has well, really lyrics exciting. on this one and, uh, sang, sang all the vocals. It's kind of like a, a house pop song. And so, so collaborating with all those people and especially where it's all a lot of new material, and you're up for all of these awards this year. And we had COVID for the first part of mm -hmm. the year. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still dealing with the hurricane stuff right now as this recording. So, I mean, who knows how that's going to impact things the next few weeks. But yeah, of course. with everything that's been a barrier over the last year, how have you been doing for live performances? I, I know, like, I had seen you myself down here and I, I saw mm -hmm. some of your tour posters you had the kind of the stranger things kind of vibe to it like oh like for my Watson and friends show in Halifax yeah yeah um I mean that's kind of like that is the concept like I'd love to be able to do that uh like more often yeah further on down the road you know what I mean with more and more people because I've I've at this point I've got between the remixes and features there's a lot of people that I can sort of call on you know yeah mean? Yeah, no, that would be exciting with uh, restrictions lifting a little bit. Hopefully, we don't need to put them back in place. Things get better. Yeah, that we should be able to have bigger and bigger crowds. Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, well, whatever. This is maybe a political thing. But like, I would be really surprised if we got back to restrictions. I just. Yeah. It seems like it's so, like, unlikely, you know. Yeah. Well, from a political point of view, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily towing the same line as everyone else myself either but yeah mm -hmm. from a political point of view i can't really see the government uh wanting to take on all the people that were fed up from two to three years of restrictions that's the thing it's like yeah, yeah there'd be such an outcry you know especially I mean? since why. there's they eventually have to get elected again too so mm -hmm. i mean that's well, their job and um i don't know i don't know what to think about it at this point <laughs> well how do you how do you find smaller crowds like, oh, like mean, in terms of performing and stuff. Yeah, do I mean, find... I'm kind of used to smaller crowds. Like a, a big crowd is a rarity in my career. Like yeah, glory, glory, or with wants. Like um, the shows have been pretty well attended. Like the show I did at the Marquee last year in April, there was about 150 people there. We did half the Marquee. Yeah, so it wasn't like the big empty room. It was yeah, like yeah, half the room, and that's cool. Great. Um, still hard to it's hard to make any money that way yeah yeah it would be right but i don't know i feel like uh everyone's kind of been been struggling to to make much money with live performance at least locally sure you know? yeah everybody's in the same boat yeah that's for sure yeah. there there has to be a passion to keep up with it at all really mm -hmm. well and like there's it, it's we been had, a struggle there was lots of funding there for this stuff for a minute and it seems like that stuff's maybe starting to go away yeah a little bit but hopefully, you know, audiences will come back. Um, one thing I'm thinking locally here is like, I really 
hope that uh, we can start sort of nurturing a younger audience to like go to shows, you know, yeah. developing that like college crowd where uh, they would have gone through high school where there would be very little live performance. You know what I mean? And things were already swinging that way anyways. Yeah. We, we talked about that here at the, probably the beginning of the summer on one of the podcast episodes, a uh, young guy from Pecto started rapping. Okay. And through an all ages show at Glasgow Square, and uh, with some other local people and some people from the city, and uh, oh, there's about half a dozen artists on the bill, mm-hmm. and it was 200 capacity, and it sold out in like three or four days. Oh wow! So I mean, and they're all new up and coming. Like some of them, I found recordings for most of them, but I mean, some of them are just like their own self release SoundCloud stuff and things course, like that. Yeah. So like. They're, they are just most of them starting off. Some of them are slightly established or have a few things out there now and have a little bit of an audience, but it was mostly a younger teenage audience that hasn't really, like two years of restrictions. Mm-hmm. If you're 16, that means you, you've never gone you've to something gone like to that. Yeah. yeah. Or your so, experience would be very strange because it would be like a seated only. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Very, so it was it was exciting to see it and kind of with that genre fluidity there there has to be a few singles from the east coast scene that are getting into their heads like mm-hmm. th- those were primarily local artists i'm sure some of it was that they were fans of specific people or they knew them but some of it was just to get out to a live show and they all like that. And that's not something that we would typically have here as a hip hop festival. So was it a whole, it was a whole hip hop festival? Was it was it? like a whole evening with all the different okay. bands back to back. So like, it was like, like I said, about a half dozen that's awesome. artists on one bill. So yeah, it was, it was a real cool, different type event. But to your point where you're working with so many different artists, if it's hypothetically, if you did something similar and had a show in the city, with yourself and all of these artists on the same bill an all ages show could be getting those people that are going to be turning 19, 20, the next couple yeah. of years too. So especially since they don't have the experience of being, they didn't go to the concerts on the Hill back in the day. No, of course. Cause they were in diapers. So yeah, it's a different culture around music now. Right? Yeah. Even, uh, well, that's one thing I wanted to mention too. Like, with some of your recordings when I was first getting into your music that there's a few different themes around being a father and your daughter Mm -hmm. and myself having a, well, I have two daughters, but I have, yeah, well, there you go. So my, mine are a little bit older now. Um, but yeah, my youngest, I see that with her. Like I'm assuming she remembers things, but then realizing that I'm old enough now that there's no way she remembers that it was before she was around. So Mm -hmm. she's not, I've been in a crowd of 50,000 people in Halifax watching Kiss. She's oh, crazy, ne- yeah. She's never seen something like that to even know that it existed. So uh, it will be interesting to see where we go with that in the future and where the kids are going. Like yourself, like having daughters, like where, what are they going to be interested in? Is that going to influence where you're at? Yeah, it seems like locally, like the there's things that are surefire, like successes and it's stuff like, tribute nights uh like when they did the big shiny tunes thing last yeah. year the marquee i guess that was that was a blowout 
Um, and then there's and there's lots of sort of events like that, whether they're touring tribute acts or whatever. And then uh, like DJ nights are quite well attended if it's a well-known DJ or if it's like a put on by the right promoter. Um, and then live music, it's kind of like the touring bands that yeah. You, like if you have a lot of clout, then people will come see you. But I've been to lots of local shows over the last couple of years that are not as well attended. Um, yeah. In terms of like the band scene or like the live music scene. And uh, is there plans for yourself then with that kind of mindset? Do you have plans to go outside of our region? You have any? Uh, I hope to make it up to like, yeah. I mean, I've been talking about hoping to make it up to Toronto, Montreal mm -hmm. um, for the last little while. I'm, I tend to be a little dis or I don't know if it's disorganized or I just like have sort of my finger in so many pies right now well yeah it's it keeps you like i'd love to go to the city all the time my eldest is up there and there's tons of bands that i like mm -hmm. and i know a bunch of the artists now so i mean there's lots of opportunities but staying in picta county is so easy because i have so many things on the go and especially yeah. things like aside from the last week with the power outage yeah <laughs> it's pretty easy to connect with people like well i was back up last night and here we are talking to each other already right yeah it's great yeah it's uh it's a crazy world. I, I think I'll probably do this a lot through the winter. But, do the uh, podcast from home? Yeah. yeah that's a good so. idea. But good I just idea. finished uh I just finished redoing some of it here too and cleaning up some more space. So Oh nice. Maybe, yeah, I have to do maybe that. Maybe in, in the my future. Studio here. Yeah, you could uh stop by sometime in the future maybe. We've got a few cool. people right here because I have the gear and stuff to do it right in the apartment. So that's definitely something I uh Probably we'll get back into in the spring or something when the traveling gets a little better. Yeah, of course. Are you going up? Are you going to be up for Music Week in Sydney? Yeah, actually, uh, we're also up for an award for oh, media, media arts. Nice. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be there. Um, I'm actually staying in the hotel of the main event, too. So Okay. Yeah, are you performing? I think you're performing one night there. I am. Well, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's going to be a little crazy because uh, my showcase is the same night as Keepery and Johan. And I'm supposed to play one. Well, definitely, I'm a big part of Johan's show now because I'm playing guitars and Moog and oh, cool. DJing and stuff. Um, and then with Keeper, she wanted me to play a bit of guitar. And we have a couple like duets that we can sing together. Is it the same but, venue? Well, no, we're not in the same venue, and then we're almost at the same time. So. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I gotta see what I can make happen there. Um, might be just a little crazy, but. Yeah. Um, I got I got a lot of shows on Thursday night. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, well, Thursday night is gonna. I'm gonna plan to be there, set up, and then just pack away and just attend shows as much as possible. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then uh, we may be, well, we're hoping to be set up. Uh, there's supposed to be like an artist lounge type area. So we're hoping to be set up somewhere like that. Oh, just pull people aside. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and maybe instead of doing the full long interviews, we might just grab a few people like we've been doing for these shorter ones mm -hmm. and just ask what they're there for and what's coming up or yeah. just some chat ones. The, the long form interviews are great, but we're going to have to uh, reassess the effort to put them all together of course yeah, yeah there's a lot of editing and rendering and scheduling and now any, any uh, creative project right it, it takes oh it's it's great like I, there's no money in it for us at all like there's no there's no way to generate any revenue the way we're doing it at the level we're doing it but it's been a great process and mm -hmm. like it's 
it's gotten a little bit of exposure and so it's a good hobby. It definitely was a good uh, COVID thing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, after music week, we're going to see what worked and what didn't and what we like and what we didn't like. And like even these smaller ones is a little different than what we did most of the year, but we experimented a lot. Started with no video and then added video and started with no guests and then added guests. And okay, gotcha. So, so do been, you release the podcast with video? We do. Um, oh, cool. Originally... It was uh, just YouTube that we had video, but Spotify has a video option now too. So if you oh, watch really? it in I... the mobile player, it will come up a little video off to the side. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't listen to podcasts on Spotify at all. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see that most people don't, right? But I, I mostly listen to it on my iPhone myself, but mm-hmm. I make one that's on YouTube. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> something, <laughs> something weird about my creativity anyway. It's funny, not a YouTuber yet. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to run out of time. It's going to cut the call off. Oh, yes. But um, I'm going to give this to my brother. And I actually have this recording through a little pod track thing that makes audio files for both our lines. Okay. So he's going to take this and chop it up and mix it. And we originally were going to put them all together into two episodes. Okay. Because we have a bi-weekly release schedule. But with the power outage and everything getting diced up and schedules changing, we're not sure. We might do smaller releases like Monday to Friday and just promote them as. Okay. Ro- yeah, ro- just tag like, me. I'll share it. Yeah. Sure. We'll let you know what's going on probably in a couple of days because I have Mike Ryan later today and Daniel James McFadden on Monday. Oh, nice. And we I've did his name quite a bit lately. Yeah. He's. Uh, He's doing a lot of good self-promotion or he has a manager working with him. Okay. So maybe they're new. That might be what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it goes, right? Something pops up and you see it all over for a minute. Yeah. And yeah. And I mentioned to you that we have Willie and Rich and uh, Adrian. I thought it was hilarious. Like, I don't know exactly how I ended up an entertainer of the year for an award. Um, I feel like, you know, as a result of the, like the big variety shows having all the, yeah, yeah, the folks makes- like i think that is that feels like something but um for myself it is like an odd place to be i've never considered myself an entertainer in that sense you know what i mean yeah i i, I know exactly what you mean i think that was um, a big but- part of our problem with glory glory was that we weren't concerned with entertaining necessarily sure but it, <laughs> it the people you're the people you're working with now are really working the stage because they have their own solo things too that it's kind of yeah. you, you, it, it comes across like you can tell that everyone has their own thing while totally they're on stage was, with it's you, pushed but it's me blended. so much like yeah. performing with Johan and with Kai especially like it's just pushed me to a new level yeah the energy from other people can really help you accelerate your own creativity I guess absolutely yeah same thing with like songwriting like making songs together yeah those yeah, folks, sure. Keeper E, like Emily, like those, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, since to even doing this, I had kind of an idea where I wanted to get to, but now that I'm doing it and talking to different people, I just have different ideas all the time. Of course. So I'm never I'm never satisfied with what I'm doing. I always keep wanting to change it. So That's an artist's life, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and not making money. See, I got, I got all the, That's the checklist the other, already. That's the hard thing. You know, like I, yeah. I basically spent my summer being a tech for the most part, right? Yeah, right. well, that's... And stage tech. I've got a, I've got a setup right over there for 
What's my job over there? There you go. You relate, <laughs> you know, you got to yeah. wear a lot of hats in the arts. Sometimes, oh yeah. Right? Unless you get uh, super lucky. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it does look like I got less than a minute before it cuts us off regardless. So I don't want to cut you mid sentence. So, but I will reach out to you before music week and find out what you are doing. I'd like to catch some of the performances at the very least. Oh, rad. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll let you know where I'm set up in case you have anyone you want to send over. You want to pop by yourself to say yeah, hi. Come by with the crew. Up. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right, Thanks we'll so talk much soon. for tagging. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Okay. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye. And there you go. If you guys want to follow us, we're available many locations, uh, not very busy in every location, but we're, we're available. And uh, you can find us in the Linktree link down in the show notes or wherever you're watching this or listening to this. If you go below it, there's words. The words will be there and you can click on the thing and it'll subscribe. Take you to the place. Yeah. Subscribe on YouTube or your favorite Smash the like app. button. Subscribe. Yes. Hit the exactly. bell. Ding. And we do not know what the next one's going to be after the series. So definitely subscribe so you can keep track of it. Yes. And let us know. If you think we should do something different, let us know if you find out what we're doing next. When you find out, let us know. So we are in the loop. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, it's a busy week and we'll catch you either tomorrow or in a couple weeks or on Monday, depending on what day you listen to this episode, because we're honestly recording the outro and just copy and pasting it all through the week. Keep Goodbye rocking. again. <laughs>